Hello, this is Clementine from Visions of Atlantis, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, welcome back, everyone. Sunny here with a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. Clementine, such an honor. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the guys over at Visions of Atlantis with the release of your newest live studio album, which is also on Blu-ray and DVD titled A Symphonic Journey to Remember, which unites your band with the Bohemian Symphony Orchestra of Prague. And it was recorded live, of course, at the Bang Your Head Festival in 2019. And first thing that comes to mind for me is just an atmospheric journey through symphonic heaviness. I think that's like the most constant thing I hear throughout this live album. And this dropped recently on October 30th on Napalm Records. You know, first off, Clementine, congratulations on all of the well-deserved acknowledgements it's been getting so far. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off. It's a very simple one, but I think it's an important one to ask considering where we are at our lives at this point. How are you? <laughs> how, has, <laughs> how has life been for you? You know, I know you're in France right now. I know our, our lives have pretty much have changed or so to speak more or less since March. So how's life out there right now? So first of all, thank you very much for having me at your at your show. I do really appreciate and thank you for your nice words over our uh, new DVD. Um, I'm actually doing quite fine. I have totally accepted the situation we're in and I try to focus on the bright sides of the situation, uh, meaning that if I can't go on tour because of that pandemic, I still can. Right. I have more time to dedicate to other things and especially uh, songwriting. And um, actually with Visions of Atlantis, we're taking that that time off the road to write a new album. So everything, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, being away from the stage a lot as of late, I'm going to ask now, you know, now that we're home, how are you keeping up your vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine-wise lately, if at all? Well, um, yeah, I had to I had to adapt to uh, singing uh, less on on stage, obviously, and singing less in general. I had to hmm. find new ways to practice practice my vocals uh, at home and not lose my 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 skills because I I, I don't perform. So I. Yeah, I decide to rehearse uh, and, and practice my own singing uh, at home more often than I used to because back in the days, you know, I still could, uh, there was still shows happening. So that's a, tra a training itself. So yeah, yeah and I had to relearn to, to work from home. See, that's good. And, you know, being busy during this time is easier said than done. Trying to stay, what we tried to use to do in our routine and it seems like you're doing that, which is a great thing. And I don't know about you, but like before all this, went down i was at a show every week and mm. you know we were, we were always you know i knew you guys were all on the road and then and then anytime i was at a show it was just a it was just an experience and now everything just changed all of a sudden and you know now that you're home you're talking about everything that you've been busy with clementine does this pandemic open up new things for you personally and maybe even artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself yeah totally i during the first lockdown, I, I took the chance to actually think about the way I was living my life and sort of try to, like, make a, like, how do you say, like, 
I, I went through an analysis of my own life and how I, and yeah. how I was treating my own dreams, like uh, making sure of what my dreams were and and trying to find connection to um, my true self and design my the future life in the way that I wanted to. I, I just had to make sure I was still going in the right direction. And and actually, this led me to realize that um, there were thing, things missing in, in my life, like uh, the notion of contribution. I realized I was living all the opportunities that I was given to be a singer on stage, to have a musical career. And I realized I was somehow I'm contributing through my music for sure but as a that's my artistic contribution to this world but as a person and a human being I felt like I was not yet helping others and during that lockdown I took the time to to ask myself how I could do that and um and what should it consist of like how should I contribute and and yeah and I decided to to start writing a blog all my, right. my own blog, clementindeloni.com, to share all that I've learned through my 10 years of being a musician on stage. And because I, I think, I think I, it always breaks my heart when I hear that people had a talent or had a calling for an artistic activity and dropped it for various reasons. And I think we're here on earth to have fun and to create and to explore our, our gifts and some of us did never have the chance to, to go for that and I I wish I could just play my part in trying to change things for some people and help them pursue their own dreams in that artistic field you know you couldn't have explained that any better because uh, as I as I hear what you're saying it also you know 2020 people look back on this obviously as a, as the pandemic year you know but you know there there's also a challenge to look back on this year and at the same way look at it as a way for a chance to grow Absolutely. and it seems like you did do that and that's really awesome that you're doing a blog you know it's it's very very ironic you telling me this because that's this is also when i established my website interviewonfire.com i had no idea we would be growing this much and it was a way for us to stay proactive give mm. you guys a chance the platform to establish the way you want to with Visions of Atlantis, for example, you know, to display your art to the listeners. And we have a good amount of listeners and it's been growing over the months and it's definitely making me counting my blessings, so to speak. <laughs> so it definitely opens up a perspective. Now, you know, we're talking about the things that we're busy with that with that home, you know, Visions, Visions of Atlantis, Clementine has been out for, you know, two decades. And I know you joined in 2013, but I wanted to ask, You've done some extensive touring. How was the touring life for you personally? Because you played at Metal Fest, Masters of Rock, Sabaton Open Air, 70,000 tons of metal, you know? The, you know, Yeah, you know, your Bang Your Head Festival 2019, like we just talked about. Clementine, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking culture mm. the fans even the food there's just so mm. many things to pick apart about what makes touring life amazing what was your biggest personal takeaway from that well i being like being forbidden to perform i realized i somehow was taking for granted that that artists and bands can go on tour and play in front of people all over all over the world you know it's just something that you don't question it's like we we make a record and we have our booking agent and we find shows and we go perform and that goes without saying it just we just do it you know we don't question we don't realize oh, wow. that 
that uh, yeah, we think we have the right, and and everyone does it, and you know, and when we played that unique show we did this summer, we we actually had the chance to perform at an open air uh, festival in Germany. When oh, I hit that. No, 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 a very small festival. Oh, okay, okay. All the summer festivals in Europe were, were canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, we were supposed to play Wacken <laughs> this year again. Um, no, no, we played, play, played a very, very small festival. And um, I remember on stage like, realizing how much I missed it and how much I, I need it, I, 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 how much I love it, and how much I actually were was not enjoying it as much as I could back then because I was enjoying it very much but when you're suddenly deprived of the freedom of doing something and finally you find that freedom again you tend to like enjoy it more and I think it's a pity that we forget to enjoy this much the things that we really love to do and that pandemic really told me next time I hit the stage next time I'm on tour I should really be grateful because <laughs> I knew a time yeah. where it was impossible yeah, and it's the even just the little things that you're just pointing out, you start to appreciate that even more. So yeah. this has been a very popular topic on my show for the last, gosh, I can't believe seven months. And you've seen this. All these artists have been doing it live streaming. They've been mm -hmm. doing what they're doing on stage, taking it on the screen, you know, like we're talking right now. But I wanted to ask, you know, being on the road as long as you have, all the experiences that you've gained in and all the people that you met, I wanted to ask, do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from these artists like, you know, Insomnium and Lamb of God and Code Orange, they're the first bands to do the live streaming. Is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your eyes? Do you see bands doing this even after all this is over? Honestly, I think this is something that bands put together because, first of all, because of the lockdown and everyone being home, it was a way to to reach the fans because fans obviously had no shows to attend. So they're online. They could, they could see the shows. It was a way to, to keep in touch with people while the entire planet was like, no, not the planet, like the Western world was, was under lockdown. Yeah. So back then I, I think it was like more of a in between thing to do. And everyone had the hope that shows would suddenly be possible again. Um, I really appreciate that the bands that take their energy and time to put that together. Uh, I think it's great if you can't do it. I don't think this can ever replace a real live show. So I think that the moment this pandemic is, is slowed down to the point where governments say shows are allowed again, everyone would just hit the road because that's the only way to share music for real. I don't think live streaming will survive real shows. Yeah, and that's okay. I, I, I like hearing that answer because everybody has a different answer. There's no right or wrong to it. You know, some no, bands sure. would be like, uh, well, I'm not doing anything until this is over. Or some bands could be like, yeah, I would still love to do the live streaming because it's a way for me to engage with the fans. Still yeah. gives me a platform to do what I want to do. And, yeah. you know, it, that's a very good take on your perspective because, you know, it's, I mean, that that's how it is. We don't know what's going to happen from here on out. You guys are still yeah. doing the music that you want to do. And yeah. speaking of live music, I know we've talked about everything from head to toe. I promise we'll talk about Symphonic Journey to remember right now. You know, the new live album came out October 30th on Napalm Records. And, you know, listening to this album, was this always an idea to release a live album? Like, when did this idea for a live album start to really be an official release for you guys? 
Well, we already released a live album. Uh, was it last year? Um, but it was not a DVD. Like, yeah, it was not a Blu-ray. We, what, we're, what we're really releasing right now is not the audio. It's it's not just the audio. It's the full package. It's the visual the, representation. Yeah, and this is something that uh, was a dream come true for us. I mean, we're a symphonic metal band. We have records with songs that are arranged with orchestra. Playing with an orchestra is like the the you know the paramount thing you're looking for. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was definitely, that was a dream come true. Um, and I don't remember what was your question. <laughs> oh, well, well, I'm going to follow up on that now. Cause you did also release Wanderers in 2019, but, but, you know, you're talking about the experience playing with an orchestra. I play violin Clementine, by the way. So, oh, right. so wow. yes, yeah, so I've been playing since third grade. So I, I think it's amazing how metal and just symphonies kind of have that correlation. It's very yes. unique. Yeah. I remember somebody said, if Beethoven was alive today, he would be a metalhead. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that <laughs> saying, but you know, it was no. it was it was very a unique take on it. So, mm -hmm. you know, walk me through that experience, like going up on stage and seeing just the entire ensemble in front of you with just the orchestra and the conductor. You know, you have violins, mm -hmm. violas, cellos, basses, everything around you. It was, I mean, obviously, you would definitely want to do this again in the future, right? Because it was just an experience yeah. unlike any other I could imagine. Actually, that was planned. We were supposed to play two p festivals with orchestra this year. We were supposed to play Masters of Rock and um, Metal on the Hill in Austria with with, okay. with an orchestra. Unfortunately, everything has been postponed to next year. So we hope that we can still do that again. And yeah, as much as possible, we would love to offer that experience to ourselves and to our fans again. <laughs> and I know you joined Visions of Atlantis a little further into the band's timeline. But what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who's been with a diverse group of other bands like Exit Eden and Serenity and Wisdom to now be with a band like Visions of Atlantis? Well, it's what we've been able to achieve throughout the years. Like this band is, is growing, is improving with every show, with every tour, with every release. Um, when I joined, there was not much left of any motivation or passion or ambition you know but tom when mm. he contacted me he actually wanted to put an end to the band and he wanted to do that in an honorable way so he said he asked me to join telling me um oh, this is just going to be for like a good uh, last record and a goodbye tour you know that's what he said and um when i remember that time and when i see where we're now that i'm talking to you about releasing a dvd that we made with an orchestra all of this happening in the range of just seven years, even though there were years where nothing happened at all for Visions. I am very proud that we that we kept the dream alive and that we still pursued it despite, yeah, we could have dropped the weapon way earlier, but we decided to go on because we loved what we do and and we just didn't want to give up. It seems like you found your calling. Is that safe to say? Um, I would think it's a little bit too, like, I'm still young, and I think that um, Vision of Atlantis is a huge chapter in my life. I don't want to say that it's it's the final one, you know? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely I definitely understand where, you want to, where you're coming from. You know, you don't want to jump too far ahead. It's a very, and I can tell you're a very, very humble artist, and that's very important. That's a very important characteristic that really 
uh, learn to appreciate within a person. So, man, it, it's it's awesome to know that you resurrected such a. And I love symphonic metal. I mean, listen, I mean, look at me. I'm I'm a violin player. You know, of course, I would love symphonic metal. So, hearing visions of visions of Atlantis, you know, just like as far as like being resurrected, like now now i know that's that's actually an amazing story that you can actually even tell going forward like who knows how much longer you guys are going to keep going like mm. seven years from now you know 14 years from now who knows yeah. and known for you know melodic symphonic power metal you know along with that and something that came to my mind listening to symphony and and, and watching the journey to remember it ranges all throughout visions of atlantis's catalog between castaway to delta to wanderers was there a you know to what level do you like to have a theme for your records, Clementine? And how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it. But, you know, Visions of Atlantis, it's centered around myths and tales and love stories. Uh, would that be safe to say? Is there like a theme that you guys like to incorporate within within Visions of Atlantis' albums? Yeah, I, I, I've been sort of um, writing the lyrics for our past two records with, with a theme in mind. Not, not like, um, especially because like when it comes to the deep and the dark, I was given the title of the album before okay. anything was written. Like Tom wanted the album to be called The Deep and the Dark <laughs> before any <laughs> song was written. You generally don't do that. You, you generally don't start with the album title. But I mean, that was uh, that was a new way of doing things. I was like, okay, let's let's see. Hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so for sure, it, it sort of guided some some of my thoughts. Like, what's the deep and the dark? You know, it's not just random. Mm -hmm. I have to, I, I wanted to give meaning to that, and I sort of um, like created several branches of that meaning, like um, the deep and the dark from political and religious point of view. So there are a couple of songs in the deep and the dark that are connected to that theme. And then there's deep and the dark within ourselves and our doubts and our pain and our anger. And there are a couple of songs that deal with each separate meaning. When it comes to Wanderers, um, we didn't have the album title as guideline. We, we didn't have any anything. I just started to write lyrics following the, the the emotions that I felt from the songs and the um, maybe the there was a for me an obvious continuity from the deep in the dark from the start. I was like, okay, we on the deep in the dark record we we step out of that state of darkness. We we realize, okay, we don't want to live in the darkness. We don't want to live in obscurantism. We don't want to live in our own doubts. And this always was parallels with my own self-development. And when I started to write for Wanderers, I felt like I was going to embrace my own inner journey towards enlightenment, <laughs> towards yeah. self-consciousness and all of this. And that's why Wanderers is all about starting the journey and getting there. Like the Wanderers song is about knowing to find where you're a homie. Release My Symphony is about like, living my own life. Um, uh, Heroes of the Dawn is living through your own values. Uh, journey to Remember is embracing that journey back to yourself. And so there is always sort of a theme going over the entire record. And it's one aspect of the theme is being portrayed or, or gone into more details per song. Um, but we don't make, sort of say, like concept, concept albums. Our songs are still to be enjoyed individually.
man, listen to everything you're saying. Like, there's no way, you know, Visions of Atlantis, like, yeah, talking about a resurrection, everything that you just put out right now shows how much dedication you have to your craft. And uh, I mean, listen to that. That that's great, Clementine. I'm 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 actually even proud to hear that the story for yourself. How are you able to even like come into this band? And it almost seems like Visions of Atlantis allowed you to tap into a different dimension of Clementine that you may have not be able to reach before. Sure, sure. By giving me the chance to be so much committed and involved in in the creative process, I am given the chance to explore my, my myself, my creativity, what I want to talk about, uh, what is important to me, what I want to share with the world. So totally, yeah. You know, I got one last question for you, and this is a big one. And uh, I, everything that we've talked about leads to this. I know this is a live album, I, and, and you've done live albums before in the past, but this is a little different because it's a visual live album for the fans to see. And I want to add on your experience with Exit Edian, with your experience with Serenity, with your experience in Wisdom, do you see this album, this live album, Symphonic Journey to Remember, as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life, looking back? Mm. Yes. Um, yes, because it, any kind of recording is a snapshot at, of what you're able to provide or give at this specific moment. Um, so on that part, it's, it's true. On the other side, it's it's where I am in that band. It's not mm. where I am as a singer because um, I can sing many different things. I love other kinds of music, and uh, I can't find my artistic uh, activity or um, just through this band and through this show um i think this is back then a, uh, one of the best shows to discover visions of atlantis with like mm -hmm. someone who'd never listened to us should definitely check that <laughs> instead of any uh, any other uh, i mean music videos are still a very nice way to discover a band but if you want to discover yeah. this live i think this is the best the best way ever to do so um but you have to consider then Michele had been in a band for only 10 months and our okay. stage interaction has improved a lot from since that DVD. So um, there were things that I thought were true are not true anymore. We're, we're better now. <laughs> okay. So now you got me excited. You're talking about all the visual re representation that you guys have, the energy that you guys exhibit live when it comes to taking the stage. We can't have you. We can't wait to have you in Dallas. I'm just. I mean, we're <laughs> counting on the days when touring is back. And I don't know when was the last time you were in the states, but you know, Large. you guys. Yeah, and and I'll and I'll tell you this. You guys have a very very solid symphonic metal uh, community here in Dallas. So I'll tell you that. So oh. when you guys come here, it's you guys will feel just like I don't. Oh, of course, it will. It will be different. Of course, as far as U European festivals, but you know, the Dallas Dallas area, Texas, just that entire state. We have a really good community here, and. Hopefully we get get to do this again in person. You know, these interviews, obviously, with sure. you and the guys, you know, I look forward to that day. And do you have any, like, last, like, shout-outs, any plugs? Is anything you want to mention to your fans who are listening that you want to mention about Visions of Atlantis going forward? I want to say thank you to all the people who still engage with their favorite bands uh, while, while, while no one is able to perform. Like, 
like buying buying any kind of goodies, merch, or releases, or uh, like buying tickets for online shows, buying tickets for real shows that are just getting postponed and postponed all the time. Yeah. The people who still engage with us on social media, you know, you give us the feeling that we're still we still exist as a band. We still have a reason to go on because if the audience disappears, we disappear, you know. And I think people don't realize how much it's important for us to feel that we still make an impact and 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 have people behind us, not forgetting about us while we can perform and reach out to them. And everyone who's listening, please buy the merch. I've said this in many of my other past episodes. The bands can't do it without the fans. And, you know, uh, Visions of Atlantis will be on the road as soon as you know. You know, it's that much more important. Just buy the merch and, you know, listen, you know, buy the albums. It's, it's it, someone spent a lot of hard earned time making that into fruition to make a physical copy. So that's it. nowadays that's more important than ever. And Clementine, this has been such an honor. Um, please be safe where you're at. You know, um, obviously we'll do this on the road in the future, like I said before. And everyone's listening. A symphonic journey to remember from Visions of Atlantis. It's it already came out October 30th. It's out now on Blu-ray and DVD and on Napalm Records. Please pick it up. Like I said, purchase the record. Clementine, thank you so much. Um, thank you. This, is, this has been awesome. Um, hopefully we do this again in the near future. All right. You stay safe. I'd love to. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. Thank you thank so much. You. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.